Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to day two of Send It. Today we will continue to learn about service by looking to Jesus. He set the example of not just how we should work, but how we should live lives that are defined by a special type of work, service. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Mark 10, verse 42 to 45. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. Today's Devo is titled, Jesus Sets the Tone. Yesterday, we learned that work is a good gift that God has given us. When we invest our lives in meaningful work, we can find fulfillment and purpose. But just like any good thing, we can twist work so that it becomes a source of destruction in our lives. We can wrap our identities around the power, position, and privilege that our work brings. We can lean on our work to constantly affirm that we are important, that we are significant. Jesus took a different view. He seemed to think that the key to his meaningful work was to pour out his whole life in service to others. Self-esteem has been a big deal for the last 30 or so years. Experts tell us we have high self-esteem, then we thrive. And if we have low self-esteem, we will fall into depression, anger, and even violence. It is for this reason that our schools and educational programming are focused on making kids think well of themselves. We are convinced that if only if everyone had high self-esteem and nobody had low self-esteem, everyone would be happy and our world would be at peace. The problem is that low self-esteem and high self-esteem both have one common failure, self-esteem. Research has shown that when people focus on themselves, on pursuing and obtaining the things that make them happy, they end up frustrated and miserable. They are never satisfied. According to studies, the happiest and healthiest people are the ones who spend their lives performing selfless acts of service for others. Seems like Jesus might have been onto something. If ever there was someone who could enter a room and demand that everything go their way, it was Jesus. He was really important. He had every right to expect nothing but immediate and wholehearted service. But he didn't make demands. He didn't enforce his desires. In fact, he didn't seem to think about himself much at all. Instead, he was the one who catered to others' needs. He was the one who gave way to their request. He was the one who served. We spend our lives and use our work trying to bolster our self-esteem, trying to convince ourselves that we are significant. Jesus answers that question for us once and for all. How important are you? Important enough that God himself left heaven, became a man, and died so that he could have a relationship with you. Kind of a big deal. Jesus shows us that the answer is not thinking more of ourselves. 
high self-esteem or thinking less of ourselves, low self-esteem. But thinking of ourselves less, we are worth everything to Him. We have everything we need in Him. So we pour ourselves out in service for Him. The question that guides our every day is not what will make me happy. It's what, what will make Him happy. All right, so we're here with our teaching team again, and today we're going to talk about a special kind of work, um, and that is our theme for the week, which is service. So um, Jesus really sets the tone for us with service, and so what were you guys' initial thoughts from today's Devo? Actually, um, actually, you you uh, <laughs> talked about uh, self-esteem, right? In this yeah, this is, this is one of the things. I really like that. I really like this. Yeah, be, because we have such a wrong view of work, mm -hmm. we depend on work to to at least convince other people of who we are, if not ourselves as well. And there's only really one way to have real good self-esteem is to live your life in such a way that someday you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because that's what we're all wanting to hear. That is the identity we're all seeking. And so um, putting aside wrong reasons to work, and, and understanding right reasons to work. So one of the right reasons is not so people will think more highly of me or I will think more highly of myself, as you guys pointed out in the Devo. Um, it's to express who God made me to be. So self-esteem is a lot about I am, I am, I am. But what if he did? He created me this way. So I watch people and I see people do certain things over and over again, even if they're not getting paid for it. And, and they take great joy. You can see somebody's eyes light up. They get passionate when they start talking about this thing. Even if it's not their job, it's this thing. And I always look and go, I think that must be what God made them to do. Because some of the greatest joy in life is just being what God made you to do. Whether it's if, if you're a creative and you try to just be something that's uncreative your whole life, you may have to do that to get paid. But if you don't find an outlet for that, you're never going to experience the joy God created you to experience. And so I think maybe the point, and I think this is part of the point of the Devo, is that stop seeking self-esteem and start seeking expression of who God made you to be. Maybe that's something. I don't know if that's helpful. Wait, I have a question. I have a follow-up question on what you were saying. Not that I disagree with you. I just have something that I've been thinking about. Is um, a lot of people are looking inward constantly, trying to figure out what God made them to, to do or and, and how to use their gifts. And it feels like a lot of them just don't do anything because they're not sure. And so what does it look like to begin to just serve where there's a need and then find what you were made? Like, is there So in seminary, the in seminary, there's a guy, who's, his whole life's work, and I actually got introduced and became friends with his son a couple years ago. His whole life's work was helping people figure out um, who God created them to be. And it's the opposite of, of navel-gazing. It is the opposite of, of, of this, and it ties right into our theme for this week. It's actually just going out and serving. And as you serve, you'll notice there are certain things you're passionate about. You'll notice there are certain things that people really seem to appreciate that you took for granted, but they're going, well, how, do you, how did you do that? How did you see that? How did you, and through a process, a lot, and I think it takes a long time, but through a process of just serving, just serving whenever, wherever you can, 
you'll find, I believe God will lead you, direct you as you perfect skills in all kinds of other ways. So this guy actually taught that you come to a convergence, not a harmonic convergence in Santa Fe, but a, a convergence in your life as you get older, as you've experimented serving so many different people, so many ways for so long, you come to this convergence where you really have a pinpoint understanding of where your best contributions are made. But it took all that other experiments and ex and experience to, to boil down to. So yes, it's not sitting around looking inside like, what do I want or what did God made me? It's like, oh wow. As you serve, opportunities get put in front of you and, and you respond according to your giftedness. And so calling. you would say one of the best ways to find out what you were made for is just get out there and start doing something. Just, just do something. You can find a need and just start fulfilling those needs. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of the point of all of this. It's not, it's not about you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it doesn't matter if this specific job makes you feel good, if it's service. Um, it's about what God has put in front of you and are you doing it? Are you being obedient? Are you serving the body? Are you serving the people that are around you? I mean, it talks about thinking of other people more highly than you think of yourself and thinking about yourself less. And that's what that's what service is all about. So I, I got it. Um, my wife sent me a video because today it's been raining a bunch outside and our patio apparently is struggling with the uh, rain and getting rid of all of it. Yeah, so there was a lake out there. And it was funny because uh, she sent me a video of some of the uh, admins who are out there in their raincoats with brooms trying to sweep away all the drains and stuff. And I just imagine them like like a meme or something that says like what you think you're signing up for yeah, ministry, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're really signing yeah. up for in ministry. And it's not necessarily, man, I feel really gifted in clearing drains. No, it's, I mean, that's what needs done. And so we're gonna do it. And there's fulfillment in that too. So Doyle, you touched on um, finding uh, like, serving from our identity in Christ as opposed to like try to earn some sort of identity in Christ. So I would love to hear from Matt and James, um, like what you think that means and maybe how you've seen people do that um, in the church. I think there's a unique um, challenge in ministry. Uh, I'll answer this question in a different way maybe. Um, I realize that a lot of people can kind of build their identity, their self-worth, their, their, their esteem and kind of what they do. In ministry, there's the unique maybe problem because it's like what we're doing is called the Lord's work maybe, right? And so I can build a lot of my self-esteem and how many people are attending my, my programs and um, uh, you know how, how uh, uh, successful certain metrics are being uh, you know hit, just like any person that owns a business and things along those lines. Um, and so it's actually go back into week one, I think what Cody was talking about, um, about a soul level rest is actually really of utmost importance. Actually getting to unplug, I think, recalibrates where I get my esteem from, right? where where I, I, I and regarner a definition of success that I think is more biblical than the one that I maybe subconsciously operate with, which is I am what I do and I'm only the, I'm only um, worth the, the value of the product that I can produce in some sense of the way, right? But what about you, James? I think that, you know, our culture and our just education process teaches us to promote ourselves, to promote who we are. And so because of that, we always think that we're the tip of the spear. And I feel like a lot of times in serving the church and things like that, we're actually not the tip of the spear. We're more the weight behind the spear. And that's what drives the spear into it. And so it's just helpful just to kind of, when you start seeing people that want to serve in areas and they want to be the tip of the spear, it becomes very apparent mm -hmm. and and when people are actually there just to provide the weight to for the spear 
it's very apparent as well. And you can kind of just see ego is not involved in that aspect of, of sharing and, and serving. I kind of just think about like Jesus when he was washing um, the disciples' feet. And if you were put into our context, you'd be like, guys, this is not at all aligned with my personality traits and my giftedness. Um, I'm not a great foot washer. I'm a better preacher. And so I'm going to have to hand this over to somebody else. It's like, no, like that's, that's what he needed to do. And that's what he did at the time. And so I think if we took that attitude, which is what you're talking about, and just went, hey, are there dirty feet or dirty diapers or whatever? All right, I'm, I'm here for it. Versus... I need to find my exact thing that I that God made me to do. Kind today. of open hands to fill any need. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think too with serving, there is an aspect that is we are a little greedy because we get something from it. Like there is that aspect of like, oh, I, I get something from serving. And so if we can start to feed that by by serving and rather than pushing. We that could out. do like a gripe sesh right now about all the people over the years who got mad because we didn't put them in positions where they thought they were being that, seen That was going to be my question was, how can you tell when someone is serving for the wrong reasons? <laughs> when they don't say, Go look ahead, at Doyle, me. you've got 40 years in the, of experience. I've got files yeah. of letters explaining this. Don't you know who I am and what I can do? So, here, so here's, the, um, here's the difficulty. As fallen beings, no matter how much we serve, there is some impurity in our serving. There just is. And I think a part of the lifelong goal is not just to discover those, those specific areas and gifts and experiences that God uses. It's also to purify our motives in serving. And I think that in the beginning, yeah, I see people. So I'll give you, can I give this illustration? Oh, 100%. I don't know what it is, but yeah, for sure. I'm here for it. <laughs> we discontinued. Or, or greatly cut back the exposure of a certain ministry many, many years ago. And uh, they, some people came to me and said, why did you cut our ministry back? It's not, we're not up front as much. And yada, yada. I said, well, I gotta be honest, I didn't think it was meeting the needs of, of people that were coming here uh, in the way that maybe it did it in times past. And their response to me was so interesting. It was, well, yeah, maybe, maybe they don't need it, but you don't understand how much we need to be up front. And I don't think they understood what they had just said. And that was the problem, is that we're no longer doing this particular thing because it's effective or God called us to or we've prayed it through and feel like we should. We're doing it because I need to be up front. And I think one of the things as a, as a pastor, I always have to think about, am I doing this because I need to be up front? Because the minute that's the issue, we're way off track because I need to be seen, I need to be recognized. And so one of the little checks for that is, is maybe just on a, on a pretty regular basis, sign up to do something nobody's ever going to know you did. Yeah, one, one of the things we do with staff when they're new is we make them do something that is completely outside of their comfort zone and maybe a bit demeaning uh, just to see if they're comfortable with it. Is that why I was washing your it. car? That's well. <laughs> he finally put it together. Say, ah. If you say that's why you had to wash his car, yeah. Yeah. that's funny. That's no, but we will do that. We will send, so somebody comes to us and says, hey, I have this great gift. So, oh, congratulations. Go use it over here in some far off place. Yeah. And, and, and because we just want to see, we're just looking to see if their heart's right. And uh, and But God does that to me too. I mean, I get, I get opportunities once in a while. I go, do you know who I am? Okay, I don't really think that because at this point I don't feel that way much anymore. But I still get opportunities to serve and I go, okay, I need to be willing to do this. Do you this. remember this was years and years ago? I read this book, maybe it was, it was probably 20 years ago, and it might have been someone like Charles Stanley 
or, or someone like that, really well-known pastor, nationally, you know, televised. And every, during every week leading up to Christmas, he would go and he would work on their facility staff just to show them, hey, I'm, I'm no better than you are. My gifts are just different than yours are. And, um, and he would make it a point every year to, to do that. Now, God has blessed us with the opportunity to do that more than week, uh, once a week, uh, a year. <laughs> We've we done quite a bit it, of that. Yeah, we get to do it all the time here. But, yeah. But you know, it, I met a pastor recently who has an NFL player that goes to his church. And when he's not on the road or he's not playing, he, will, he is an usher. And he, and he, but he puts on a hat so nobody recognizes him because he doesn't want anybody to know what he does. Yeah. And he's an usher. Just, just every, I love it. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's great. Okay, I think that's about all we have time for today. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Uh, my car's getting kind of dirty again. In the oh, rain, Tony? It's raining. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty I sure think... it's not only demeaning, it's illegal, I think, at this point. <laughs> I am his brother. No, it's because he's my brother-in-law, yeah, not because yeah, he works yeah. here. <laughs> I, I think we can wrap that up. Yeah. We can wrap it up. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us today, guys. Okay, now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today's Devo is Jesus the King by Tim Keller. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. One, what makes a person great? How would you answer this question, A, in Sunday school, or B, at work? Is there a difference between your answers? Should there be? Question two. Do you think performing selfless acts of service will truly make you happy? Why or why not? Question three. How does understanding your status before Jesus shape your concept of what it means to be a servant? Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something, maybe you're inspired to something, you recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues until we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're gonna take some action, change the way you're thinking, Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.